The People's Republic of China is, famously, not terrifically big on democracy at home. It appears, however, to take a keen interest in democracy elsewhere. This week, Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, announced that Beijing had attempted to plant a thumb on the scales in Canada's last but one federal election in 2019. Unfortunately, we're seeing uh, the country's uh, state actors from around the world, whether it's China or others, uh, are continuing uh, to play uh, aggressive games with our institutions, with our democracies. The specifics provided to Trudeau by the Canadian Security Intelligence Service are basically these. That at least 11 candidates who stood in the 2019 election were in receipt of funding from China via various intermediaries. That China was running, or trying to run, agents in the offices of Canadian MPs. And that China was co-opting, through various means, former Canadian officials still believed to have some influence in Canadian politics. It is not clear whether the CSIS believes this meddling affected the outcome of the 2019 election, which Trudeau's Liberal Party won. We also don't know yet whether the CSIS think any similar stroke was pulled during the 2021 federal election, which Trudeau's Liberal Party also won, at least sufficiently to crack on with a minority government. We can probably go ahead and assume that China will deny everything. The relationship between countries can only be built on the basis of mutual respect, equality and mutual benefit. And China-Canada relations are no exception. Canada should stop making remarks that are detrimental to China-Canada relations. China is not interested in Canada's internal affairs. To the obvious question, why would the Chinese Communist Party try to meddle in Canadian elections, there is an obvious retort. Why would it not? China is at least as ruthless as any other nation in pursuing and protecting its interests, probably isn't overly concerned about Canada's good opinion of it, and though nobody really knows how many people work for China's Ministry of State Security, doubtless has the manpower. Another startling illustration of China's reach and resolve emerged this week with the revelation that in 21 countries, including Canada, Spain, Italy and the UK, China has been operating a network of clandestine police stations. The unofficial police stations are allegedly being used to intimidate and silence Chinese dissidents abroad. In arguably related news, we also enjoyed a revival this week of the theme of Russian interference in American elections. Given the provenance of it, however, it is difficult to know whether to take the idea more seriously or less. Yevgeny Prigozhin, the shadowy Kremlin fixer who you may recall from the Foreign Desk Explainer of September 28th, popped up with the following cheerfully unequivocal statement. We have interfered, we are interfering, and we will continue to interfere. There are two reasons to apply a measure of scepticism to this pronouncement. One is that it is just about possible that someone of Yevgeny Prigozhin's general character may be lying. The other is that on the basis of this week's midterm elections, if Russia is interfering in US elections, it's not doing a much better job of that than it is of subjugating Ukraine.
It remains an open question whether China and Russia are actually interfering in the elections of Western democracies or whether they just enjoy creating the impression that they do, or indeed whether the end result of either scenario is really much different. Because you don't even have to do anything especially complicated and or expensive, like fix the actual results, when such significant pluralities of Western voters are sufficiently credulous and or indifferent that you can screw with their democracy by other means. A new analysis by BuzzFeed found that false election stories from hoax sites and hyperpartisan blogs generated more engagement than content from real news sites during the last three months of the election. This is a thing that happened in the United States in 2016. In Houston, police were summoned to a mercifully minor dust-up outside the city's Islamic Dawa Center. A rally had been summoned by an organization called Heart of Texas, which professed to be concerned about Islamization, as if the Lone Star was in danger of being joined by a crescent moon. It had been confronted by a counter-demonstration wrangled by the United Muslims of America. You may already have guessed the punchline. Neither Heart of Texas nor United Muslims of America existed beyond the Facebook pages created in a Russian troll farm. The total outlay on a PSYOPs operation which created considerable rage and fear and wasted proportionate police time and resources was estimated at not more than a couple of hundred dollars. Multiply that by hundreds or even thousands, and for an outlay which still amounts to a meagre heap of beans amid a major power's budget, you sow incalculable rancour, confusion and anger among the population of your rival. It all seems like stuff that democracies operating in good faith should be able to fix, or that half-awake citizens can fix for them. One does not need, for example, to be any kind of paranoid nationalist to believe that one's own politicians, or indeed their parties, should not be on the hook to any foreign country, let alone foreign countries which are more or less openly hostile to one's own. And this should apply to all sorts of funding. It is, for example, outrageous and shameful that British MPs across the political spectrum have, in recent years, accepted money to appear on the state propaganda broadcasters of Russia and Iran. If your representatives' wages are being paid at all at any remove by someone else's government, the next election might be a good time for you to stop paying them. For Monocle24, I'm Andrew Muller.